As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The Giants are world champions. Welcome to the Giants Insider Podcast on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, San Francisco Giants Insider, Alex Pavlovich. Hey, everybody. When this news broke the other night, a lot of you, the loyal listeners, asked if we were going to have an emergency podcast about the new president of baseball operations. I think this is better. Farhan Zaidi himself is the guest today. We went over a lot of stuff, the way he views rosters, the way he views um, versatility for players, uh, what he might do with a guy like Madison Bumgarner, what he thinks of AT&T Park, and, and the poor on base percentages for the Giants last season, and, and most importantly, perhaps, um, his fantasy football team, which he has been in the Dodgers League for three years and won it three years, and we talked about that a little bit at the end. I, I think it was a fun interview, an interesting one, um, certainly somebody who his reputation is, is as good as anybody in the game, and, and I have heard from a lot of people the last couple of days who say the Giants could not have made a better hire to take over their baseball operations department. They're very excited about it. Uh, Farhan went straight back to work. He went to Carlsbad to, to be there for the last night of the GM meetings and start to work there and start to talk to agents and, and figure out how to turn this around. We will see if he does, but, but for now, an interview with him that kind of explains who he is and, and what he's about and, and maybe what he plans to do. First, as always, thank you to our sponsor, Wendy's. The new Wendy's Sawsome Bacon Classic is a twist on a favorite. The Sawsome Bacon Classic features a smoky, tangy sauce and three strips of applewood smoked bacon for a limited time at participating locations. Thank you to Wendy's. Now here's an interview with Farhan Zaidi, the new president of baseball operations for the Giants. All right, Farhan Zaidi, first of all, congratulations, the new president of baseball operations for the Giants, the first president of baseball operations. I, you know, a lot of research on you the last couple of days trying mm -hmm. to figure out how this all came about. And, yeah. and uh, there's a pretty famous story about when you took the Dodgers job that you kind of had a panic attack as you were jogging <laughs> and decided that you were going to leave Oakland and, and go to Los Angeles. W was there a moment over the last few days, a moment Monday night or Tuesday that, that stood out as the moment you realized you were going to switch sides and come here? Yeah, it was probably a more gradual process here, less of a dramatic climax, I think, to the decision process. Um, you know, it was just, uh, you know, a gradual increasing level of comfort with the giant organization, with Larry, who had the, you know, was fortunate enough to spend time with over the last few days um, and just feel like from a life standpoint and taking on the challenge of coming to this organization at a time when you know, it had a chance to really be on the upswing. Um, yeah, it was kind of more this time all the pieces fit together. It is a challenge. I mean, 98 losses two years ago, 89 this year. Uh, you mentioned in, in your press conference you kind of dug into the payroll a little bit. A, mm -hmm. a lot is committed um, the next two or three years. What stood out to you on the other side? What made you really want to come here? Yeah, you know, talked about it, you know, in the press conference. And, uh, you know, one thing for me is I just feel like the core guys on this team who have had a lot of success, they play the game the right way. It's a very selfless team. Um, and, again, I think when you're in a 
period of potential transition like I think this roster may be in, having leaders like that who younger players can kind of take the example of gives you a much better chance of success. So I think the foundation and you know some of the recent history of success with this team um, at least gives you a good jumping off point to try to get back to that level. The transition you mentioned, I mean, the, the one name you're asked about specifically, Madison Baumgartner, and, and you did say you appreciate the legacy he has and what he did in 2014, but also you have to look at everything. Right. Um, you come to, from a place where you guys recently had a kind of similar in some respects decision with Clayton Kershaw in a situation mm -hmm. where he could become a free agent, and, and they did tack on a year. How, how did the Dodgers kind of balance the legacy and the fact this is a guy you want to be here forever um, with the fact that sometimes it, it makes more sense to go in other directions. Yeah, you know, I think uh, all of that matters. I mean, you're running uh, an organization that has a ties and connection to the community and certain players value to the organization and community go beyond the numbers they put up on the field. So you take a guy like Madison Bumgarner and, um, you know, he's the definition of that for everything he's brought to the city over the years and really you know, him and a couple of other guys, uh, you know, Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, really being a heart and soul of, uh, you know, a team that achieves so much. So, uh, again, I think, uh, you know, as I, I mentioned earlier, you know, the next World Series winning team uh, for the San Francisco Giants is probably going to look a little bit different from the one team that won in 2014. So I think as we start thinking about moves, we're going to have to at least consider it through that lens. There were two things that really stood out to me, being on the other side and, and covering you guys 19 times a year. One, mm -hmm. one was just kind of the depth and, and mm -hmm. the way that over the course of, of a season, you always outlasted everybody with injuries and, and not just the 25-man roster, but the 40-man roster. Right. How important is that to you just as a philosophy and, and also as you look at this 40-man roster, kind of reshaping maybe not the top, but from 25 to 30 or 30 to 40? Yeah, you know, I think... Uh, you know, uh, baseball front offices, you know, one of its primary goals should be to create a 40-man roster where taking any player off gives you heartburn. You know, I mean, when you have soft spots on the 40-man roster, um, that probably means that you're leaving value on the table somewhere. So, you know, as we, you know, arriving here, there's actually, you know, quite a bit of room on the 40-man roster. And I think one of our goals is going to to create and add depth to the organization by just maximizing that and make sure everybody that's on that 40-man has a chance to uh, be a contributor for us in 2019. The other thing that always stood out, and maybe this is part of that, is just how versatile on the field the Dodgers were with Chris Taylor and Hernandez, Cody mm -hmm. Bellinger going back and forth, Muncie. Is that something that's been important to you, or was that something that was more of the players you had? It, it has been important, and I think for a couple reasons. One is it just insulates you from injuries better. I mean, when you have a bunch of guys that serve as interchangeable pieces for the manager, uh, one is when you have an injury, uh, a lot of times you don't have to go get another second baseman. There's two other guys on the team that can occupy that position. Um, you know, secondly, when you start looking at off days and making sure that everybody on your roster is getting adequate rest, uh, the ability of guys to play multiple positions gives you more opportunities to do that. You know, the other thing is I do think it has a cultural impact uh, on a roster when players move around and they don't identify as I'm the shortstop or I'm the third baseman. You know, you're just a baseball player and you're part of a team and you do whatever the team 
asks or needs of you, and uh, that creates a different kind of culture that I think is really conducive to a winning environment. As you kind of examine the Giants roster, and certainly you know them from, from afar, but, but kind of digging into the last couple of days, do you see those opportunities with this roster, or do you think you might have to bring in players who can move around a little bit more? Yeah, you know, when you look at the infield, you've got, you know, established players that, you know, are kind of single position guys, and uh, look, uh, you know, Corey Seager is a shortstop, and, and he played shortstop for the Dodgers before he was hurt, and, you know, there wasn't much of an inclination to move him around. I mean, when you have everyday players of that caliber, you know, the versatility is maybe less relevant. Uh, but on the same token, I think this is a roster that can use some multi-position guys on the infield to keep those guys fresh and, you know, maybe play matchups a little bit more, give some of the lefties days off against, you know, tough left-handed pitching and vice versa. You know, you move to the outfield, you know, that's a little bit more of an open position battle, and I think there's opportunities to bring in some guys into that mix who have a chance to really impact the team offensively. I mean, corner outfield is really, you know, the the lowest hanging fruit in terms of, you know, when you're trying to add offensive impact to a lineup. So, you know, there's certainly going to be chances to, to add guys, and positional versatility will certainly be something we look at as a positive. One thing they haven't done or, or didn't do well this year was just reach base. And, and you come mm -hmm. from Oakland, you come from Los Angeles, two organizations where that that's a huge emphasis. The Dodgers were, were third this year in on-base percentage. The Giants were 14th. That when you look at it that way, is that something that's easy to fix? Is that difficult to fix? Is it the current roster, or, or is that a focus of, of guys you're going to add? Yeah, I mean, you know, any team that, uh, you know, walks at a high level, it's a function of a couple things. One is it is a function of personnel. I mean, there are guys that just have the skill of uh, being able to work the strike zone and being able to take walks. And then there's a mindset of, you know, what's our goal? You know, is our goal to put the ball in play or is our, the, our goal to, you know, get on base? And so I think both of those things are areas that we can look at philosophically. You know, how are we attacking the game from an offensive standpoint? And then also, do we have the type of personnel that can, you know, play the type of offense that we want, which is a real grinding approach, getting guys on base and creating pressure for the opposing pitcher. Another thing the Dodgers were known for, and, you know, maybe this is national narrative, maybe not you guys didn't feel this as much, but just hitting a lot of home runs and, right. and kind of scoring that way, this is not a ballpark where people have done that. And you said you talked to Brian Sabian about that part of mm -hmm. it. I mean, what's your initial read on, on how to build an offense in, in this ballpark and, and just deal with the reality of, of the conditions here? Right. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a tricky one because, you know, on the one hand, you want to build a roster that – uh, is kind of tailored to your home park and on the other you've got to go on the road and play 81 games in different kinds of ballparks um, you know this is a team that's going to have to travel to Coors Field and some other you know more offensive friendly environments so you know maybe building the pitching and defense team works at home but it hurts you on the road so I think there's some subtleties to thinking about the roster that way uh, that need to be evaluated more I mean look more power is always good it's the you know easiest way to score runs and put runs on the board is to hit the ball out of the ballpark, but you don't want to do it at the cost of at-bat quality and some other things that can help you have good offense as well. Just switching gears a little bit, one thing you, you got a lot of credit for, and I, you can tell me how much is true, how much is not, mm. was Cespedes coming to Oakland and yeah. the focus there. The Giants haven't had success in, in that department really since Pablo Sandoval. Is that something going forward that you think needs to change here? Yeah, I, I think every team has in mind that the international market is an opportunity, and uh, if you can create a 
productive international scouting group and you know generate you know one or two players every year who are who make it onto your 40 man or your 25 man roster that's a huge uh, avenue to add value to the organization and the roster so uh, it's definitely something we're going to look at um, you know the Cespedes case was kind of an exception he was a Cuban player and wound up getting you know a 36 million dollar contract but you know we've got to make sure that we're active on the high end of that market, but also on, you know, some of the $20,000, $50,000 guys who can become that, um, you know, who's that diamond in the rough who winds up becoming, you know, an everyday player, even a star a few days, a few years down the road. You've talked so much today about just talent acquisition. Is that one area that you think is is a real opportunity to, to just acquire talent and, and bring it to the organization? Yeah, you know, I think organizationally we are in a position now where we can take a step back and ask, you know, what's the next direction? You know, I've been in organizations where you're on that hamster wheel and, you know, you come off a season where you made the playoffs and came up short or, uh, you know, you had some injuries and a season that looked promising gets derailed and it always feels like you're one or two players away. And so rather than taking a big step back and thinking more about the forest instead of the trees, um, you know, you wind up being a little myopic in terms of trying to address specific needs. I think we're at a point where we can and should think more broadly about the roster. One thing I read about you and, and just going into your history a little bit is you, you carried a, a ticket stub from the 2014 wildcard game with you. Do you still do that? What is the lesson you learned from that <laughs> game or, or that season? Yeah, I don't know that I have a, um, I do still have it. I don't know that I uh, have some overarching theme or great message from that other than that I've just never had the heart to just pull <laughs> it out of my wallet and throw it away. So, you know, maybe it's some of that, um, you know, some of those tough memories, it's, it, it's, it's hard to let go of. So, you know, I, I think it just speaks to, you know, when you, uh, you know, are, have the good fortune of being in this game and you're a competitor, um, you know, you take the lo losses hard, you know? I mean, the, that was an incredibly tough loss, and that's what makes the great moments so good, is, you know, some of the lows that you achieve. So, you know, I guess there's a message in there somewhere. <laughs> Fortunately, I mean, maybe a lot tougher the last couple of years to get so close, especially two years ago. Did you take anything away from those experiences other than just being heartbroken? Yeah, I mean, it, um, you know, two years ago losing game seven, I think, uh, is a is a different level of heartbreak because you go to the ballpark that morning thinking hey this could be the day that we win it all and you know it kind of goes the other way on you uh this past season it was more of a grind uh than the 2017 season for the dodgers which was almost more of a joy ride i mean you know we had some incredible stretches of success uh in 17. um yeah i mean it's hard to take anything from those experiences other than um you know i think over that period of time, the Dodgers learned how to be a team that could operate deep into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I think you just have to have a mental um, m a mindset that you go into playoff series and you expect to win. You expect to be the team that advances. You're not doing the math like, hey, we have a 50-50 shot, or if we do this and we do that, maybe we can beat this pitcher. You almost have to have the expectation, if not assumption, that you're going to advance. And I think the more playoff experience you have, the more that you develop that mindset. I'm going to finish here with what I think is maybe the most pressing issue for you. You are famous for your fantasy football chops. Right. You play with the Dodgers. You're mm -hmm. now a giant. W what's going to happen to your fantasy team? 
Well, uh, you know, I, I'm planning to keep operating it, although, you know, one day I may log in and find <laughs> that, work. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, someone's changed the password on me or something. Um, you know, Tony Watson, who, who's here, was in the Dodgers Fantasy League last year, and, um, you know, it, it sounds like he's been, um, you know, spreading spreading some uh, some troubling uh, rumors about my involvement and a how I should be kept out of the league. A lot of players are happy with the way you've dominated. Yeah, they are, and so uh, you know, th th these guys might be a little more reluctant to extend so that invitation. <laughs> we'll see. I have a few months to work on it for 2019, but uh, but yeah, Tony seems to be uh, a little bit ahead of me uh, in getting his message out there. <laughs> You're, I think, three for three in winning the Dodgers League, That's right. the Players League. I did hear when I was in Carlsbad that maybe this year's team is not as strong. Right, this past year's teams is that true? Well, you know, it's six and three, so maybe okay. people so have, strong, uh, yeah. you know, ha maybe it's just the function of the expectations <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you know, this year I've kind of tried to be laying the weeds a little more, and uh, and uh, you know, th there's a chapter to be still written for my 2018 okay. fantasy team. <laughs> I'm sure the players will love that if you leave and win a fourth time. So. Yeah, exactly. That would um, that would be you know the uh, you know. Uh, that would be some last salt in the wound, yeah. I would say. Mm -hmm. Rahan, thank you so much and, and congratulations again. Absolutely, thank you. Thrilled to be here. Giants Insider Podcast on CSNBayArea.com. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.